views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. Lady Cake Mix, and I'm all up on here on another Thursday at 7. Yes, with the Youth Better Live show through Be Exposed Radio. Thank y'all for joining me again this Thursday. I'm here every Thursday, like clockwork, unless somebody going on a trip or a VK or whatever else like that. Hopefully, the next time I'm not um, having the show, it'll be me too joining everyone or whoever on the VK. But anyway, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes, it's February, Black History Month. Also, the month that is associated with love, it being Valentine's Day. Um, some birthday shout outs. What season is it now? It's the Aquarius season, guys. Um, my stepfather, Leroy, just turned 74 on 2-6-O-S. Um, <laughs> but thank God he is still here. has been a blessing to me in my life. Um, one of my best friends' birthday is coming up. So, yeah, if you're on here, you got a birthday shout-out or whatever, a little shout-out, that's what we're going to do, too, okay? Um, hit me up um, and give it to me. Give it to me. Also, let me know you're here. Like, share, comment. Y'all know the phone lines are going to be open for 3642-9403, okay? Let's get into it. Giving all glory and honor to God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, the love, the love, the love, the love. So however you got to get in tune with what I'm getting in tune with, you do it, okay? Close your eyes, open your hands, all of that. Please bring us love, bring that power, that love and light up in this space. Oh, Father God, we thank you for another day, oh, Father God for listening and hearing our prayers, oh, Father God, for continuing to be with us, never leaving us, nor forsaking us, oh, Father God. So many questions, Lord, and so many lessons, oh, Father God, but nothing is surprising to you, oh, Father God. So very grateful. I say it time and time again that you know all, you see all, and you control all, oh, Father God. Continue to keep us, Lord. I send a prayer out, Lord, for anybody who is grieving, the sick, the homeless, the lonely, anybody struggling with whatever they are struggling with, oh, Father God. Nothing is too big nor too small. I pray, oh, Father God, that whatever happens to them, Lord, that it humbles them, Lord, and does not harden them. And whatever they're going through, Lord, they know to turn to you, oh, Father God, and move, move, move as you say, Lord, and as you see fit. Oh, Father God, I love you. I thank you. Thank you again, Lord for just continuing to be with me, continue to be with my family, my friends. And yeah, I'm living, Lord, and I'm going to keep on encouraging everyone else to. All right? Amen. Amen. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. That's my thing. I can't see me on this screen right here, but I know I'm in here, and I know that I am locked in. Okay? 
tonight's topic is what is it? Oh yeah, hate evolves to love. I think into love or whatever. Y'all know sometimes I be all over the place, but um, my place is definitely sincere and it's always gonna be genuine. That's just what I do as the goddess chess. Um, so there's a couple of things that I want to bring up. Yes, I'm on here, so I'm gonna be definitely talking y'all to death, doing my thing, doing my thing. Again, if you hear, like, you know, say something, let me know. Hey, hey, Chess, and all that, so I can give you a shout-out as well. Um, just again, wanna give a big, big, big shout out to all my previous guests who have been here um on the show, have people, all the people who have reached out, all of the people who continue to um support me y'all know the names i can run them down um because i always do that so if y'all don't know they fam lamb they they you better live fam so if you don't know the names you want him here it go <laughs> it's like no for real just a special um shout out giving love um because um these people definitely showed me some love so i gotta give it back to them because that's what i received to them yes baba m hotel we had Frankie Jones. We had my girl Shalina Brown. We had um, Bia. Um, we had the girl Shanika Jones. We had um, the Shara, the singer. Last week, we also had um, Naya. Not Nia, but Naya. Um, Naya, yes, with the acting, acting director, and everything else like that. Hope I didn't forget anybody. Oh, and Seal. Yeah, Seal came through here, too, as well. Um, so thank all of them. Yes, from the bottom of my heart, love is love, and I love y'all. Um, anybody, I always say, if you want the opportunity to come through on here and talk to me in personal life, I'm going to people How is it so that comes out of talk about the with that you're seeing me if i'm free here you go it's gonna be some hate this there's gonna be some hate and coming through um so come on through um You have a very, very bad connection right now. 
From yes, so, yeah, uh, I think. But eventually, uh, Chaz, can you hear me? You're having a very, very bad connection right now. From your, I think it's probably from your laptop. Oh, that, it's not your camera. Me. It's coming from your audio. Let me see. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Look, we're gonna leave that one. Can you hear me? We... Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Now you're good. All right. I'm good. Look, I had to drop the laptop. I don't know what's going on, but I'm right here, y'all. I, I seen the little message and said, yeah, my my internet um connection on the laptop um was a little bit messed up. Guess what? Truth be told, baby, they probably didn't clip me. Come <laughs> clip me so I'm back here on the phone. I told you. Uh, the hateful stuff, but I love it and got to love it. Like I was telling y'all a lot of times, um, it be like hateful stuff going on, but then it always evolves into the love. Um, for instance, one of the things that I want to bring up, of course, again, uh, is the tragic death of Tyree Nichols. He was laid to rest the other day. Um, beautiful, beautiful service. Uh, a, a lot of civil rights people who we know, Al Sharpton was there. Um, I seen comments from Camilla Harris, definitely pushing that initiative for that George Floyd um, bill to go into effect. And one thing that his mother said, Ms. Ravon Wells, that's why I was bringing it up. And basically how she was saying that she is making it is because she kinda is thinking that, well, she knows, or she always felt that her son was here on an assignment and that now that his assignment is over, God has called him home. Time to put it in the relevance of, you know, Jesus Christ or whatever. I don't think it was really um, far-fetched, especially her being a faithful Christian woman. And I definitely felt where she came from. I definitely was really amazed at her poise and her ability to make it. But I know that is how great God is. I've seen her on several interviews. I know that you know, all of them spoke very well, really got to the point, really could feel where she was coming from on all of them and where I've seen it. Uh, it's been a lot, a lot of questions still in regards to is that what happened? I know rumors been going around indicating that he supposedly been messing with a lady um, on the job of FedEx, and one of the guys, one of the police who had assaulted him and actually killed him, um, was the baby father that let that lady. I don't know how true that is. What I know is true is that it was just a tragedy. It was a tragedy. Definitely been praying for his family. Definitely been praying for everyone um, in Memphis. Uh, but another thing that the mother said is that she felt like he was sacrificed or why else would he be sacrificed um, but for the better good. So the attorney Ben Crump is on it. Yes, we cannot let the situation go in vain. I know and how the mother is saying, I, I really believe good is going to come out from it. Unfortunately, other situations that we have seen like this, uh, referencing again that George Floyd, uh, Trayvon Martin, just all this stuff here, Freddie Gray, we not where we need to be, but from this hateful stuff, 
it has evolved a sense of love. Like even from that situation, it's just so much love backing her. Um, even when we see certain tragedies, I spoke of the young lady who was shot around the corner. I actually was trying to look up her name um, and find out, but people here in Baltimore, they they know who that was. It was a 29-year-old lady who was driving by. Yes, where I frequent all the time with children in the car, they were injured as well. She actually was shot and then ran into, crashed into the pole trying to flee the area. She did succumb to her injuries, which was very, very tragic. I seen an update where they actually had people on video right there next to the legends, right? On camera, shooting and everything. So we'll just see if people are going to show that love for this for this family from this hateful 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 situation but yes that's exactly what's my point y'all that's why i wanted to make the topic that of this show i just now got a text from who was supposed to be my guest i guess they didn't understand what i was saying and look i was i was gonna ride him a little bit because i say you know how it is in the black community when you call on the police They'll never show up. It got to be something. If it's something good, then they'll never show up. That's what I was going to joke. Um, when I first came on and said that to y'all about him. But no, I know Officer Lee, he definitely means well. I definitely got to get used to calling his name because he is retired now. But around here, he's been good peoples uh, in Baltimore City, Prairie. And even when he retired, he's doing, again, what he's always been doing. Still mentoring, still doing different things like that in the community. Um, so hopefully y'all will tune in next week and he will be here with me. I just don't see a text being due there, but I cannot respond and I cannot answer you. He probably is watching the show, but that is what is going on. Um, also, because my connection was a little poor over here um, on the laptop, y'all, I can't, you know, I like to read the comments and different things like that. So I'm not actually seeing any of that now so i don't know if you are talking to me but if you are talking to me great 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 um but also yes around the world it's been you said no one's talking to me i said if they come through i'll read them okay thank you see i told you it's awesome that is the one and only your money wally look i'm giving all his whole government for him kid he that fed so You'll have to play a lot. You'll have to play, play a lot to have a play with him. <laughs> uh, but anyway, y'all, like, yeah, hate evolves into love. It truly does. Um, those were a couple of situations where I was just thinking, like, really, when it be some hateful stuff going on, and then all this love that come out of that, like, that is remarkable, y'all. That is nobody but God. Like, who is that but God, right? And then another point that I wanted to make, just going back on the Tyree Nichols thing, um, is because, of course, here in Baltimore City, where I reside, I understand that you could be watching me anywhere. Um, but I do like to speak on my city specifically um, because this is where I was born and raised. And this really um, is my city. And I love my city. And I wanted to get better. I want to be better. What we say, do more, be more and all of that. Uh, but one thing when I was reading, when I was kind of like following this, I read Nichols things, because different things are coming out. 
And one thing that I did recognize, and I'm like, yes, that is so true, is that these type of task forces, like the ones, or the special units, should I say, like the one who beat and, and killed, beat Tyree Nichols to a fault and killed him, um, theirs was called the Scorpion, the Scorpion Squad or whatever else like that. Um, but nationally, in the police departments, when they break off and they had these special units like the Scorpion Squad, here it was the gun, the, the gun trace task force. I'm going to make over here to my notes a little bit, y'all. Um, forgive me. Uh, but I did read them here. Here it was, yes, the gun task force. Then we had the red day, the crash, um, just all this type of stuff. They, But all of them, the point that I'm bringing up is that all of them kind of like share a pattern of abuse. Yes. Kidnapping, extortion, robbery, and all of that. And generally, these special task force units are usually in neighborhoods where the police departments or whoever are advocating for, you know, special attention to high crime areas. So basically they develop these special units to address high crime in areas. And it's not miraculously that the majority of the time it is in low income, poverty stricken areas where they are very few other nationalities, very few. So all of them have the same history, beating people up, assaulting people, killing people, doing all of this. When they supposed to come together, I guess, to address that high crime being a special unit, but I always say it, and people say it just the same, that a lot of times we look at the police as a game. I really wanted to get deep into that topic, really, but I really wanted my ex-police officer to be here because I was I really wanted him to like break it down and ask him certain stuff, whatever he can. So I probably really got to save that conversation for next week's show. Well, shut up, shut up, shut up. Is anybody here? Um, but yeah, I can still make the point, right? So basically, I'm just making a point that they have a history of that. They have a history of assaulting people, killing people. You know, it's, it's just really sad. The point that I made last week was the last week or the, the week before that when I brought up the Tyree Nichols and the situation and what happened. That's really when it was like breaking news that that should never be the case. Why is that the case? It's another show that I look at and I love it because they always bring out the disparities of, you know, race and, you know, how we are treated. And, you know, justice really says or supposed to have a blind eye. But in all reality, when you look at it, it does not. It does not. Because you are treated different if you are black and brown. You're not held or you're not should I say greeted with the same respect? And I say that's in all areas, but typically is definitely with the police. I see it all the time. And then now that was another point that Tyrese Nichols' mom made because of course, you know, we got that black and white thing that it really mattered that these were five black police 
to me, that made it even more of an atrocity. Like, it's just like so unreal. But that is the culture amongst these special units and amongst police departments. See, they've been doing it for so long, abusing us, beating us, doing whatever that they didn't have to answer for it. They never had to answer for it. And then if you did try to go and report it and different things like that, people paid you no mind. While I'm saying at least inside of the department. But when things like this continue to happen, see how it brings light to this hate? Bringing that light to this hate. And it's a lovely thing. Like, I'm loving to see that. No, I hate that there's so much hate and this type of stuff go on. But I'm glad and my, my spirit is like really humble that love is coming out of these hateful situations. It really is. It really is. It's okay. So let's just break down. I'm going to set it off the police. I'm going to just talk about, you know, in your personal life, right? You know, even with your relationships, if you're a woman dating a man, man, woman, and dating a man, man dating a woman, man or man, woman or woman, whatever. And you've been through a bad relationship, or we say not so good, or whatever else may be the case, right? And it might have been hateful for you. You hated it, but when you came up out of that, you learned to love yourself more. You may begin to recognize what love is. You know, that's lovely. Even though you had to go through that hateful stuff, look, I'm going to keep on running that, right? I'm going to keep on running my topic indeed. But even though you had to go through all of that hateful stuff, it brought you to a lovely place. And most tragedy does that. Most tragedy does that. You know? And that's how we be keep on going. That's how we keep on going. To just know that it is a reason behind it. No, I don't like it. I don't live for that, okay? I do not live for that. I do not live for it at all. I actually try to take before hate out of my vocabulary, say, I ain't even going to say the word. I'm going to say not good or I really do not like, because, you know, people used to say hate is such a strong word to say you hate things. But no, it is that I hate. It is things that I hate. It is. But out of them hateful situations and things that I hate, it has given me something. You know, it has given me something. So even in your personal relationships, right, when you go through that hateful stuff, just really think about it. Like, yeah, he played me. Yeah, she played me. You might have been in an abusive relationship, whether it was physical, verbal, mentally. There's a lot of that out here. It might not even have been that type of relationship, even in platonic relationships, even on your jobs, even on, in your hobbies or whatever, with friends. All these people that you've had a connection with, and it's been some hateful shit that didn't happen. They didn't backstab you. They didn't talk about you. They didn't lie on you. All of that. But it brought you to a place of better love and better understanding for yourself. You get what I'm saying? For you. 
if not for nobody else for you. And then nationally, when things happen like this, the Tyree Nichols, where that's recently. Even I want to bring up, yes, Ricky Smiley, Ricky Smiley. My boy, had me laugh for years, left to speed the soul. His, his son tragically passed away. Brandon Smiley. And he was still alive. He was still sharing his testimony, testimony, even while he look, I got to clear that up. Because, look, money ain't reading no comments, but here, come through here and let me know my, my pronunciation. Like, the other week, y'all, y'all was letting me keep on saying visual. Visual. And I just could not see. It's visual. Visual. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, tragedies and tragedies that keep on happening. He was on live sharing his testimony, breaking it all down letting us know how he was going through that grieving process, but then the whole time, he was still praising God. He was still, even in something, and I hated that. I hated that, that he lost his son so tragic and everything else like that, but it did something for him. It did something for him, and that's lovely, lovely to see. That's lovely to see, y'all. When somebody is going through and they can still share with you, really, and help you get through, that is really, really lovely to see. Even though the situation be like so hateful, right? Yes. It be like so very hateful. So I wanted to bring up that topic and talk about that, of course, because we know it's Valentine's Day. I know a lot of people, um, even though I don't have a significant other or nobody like that, like I love to see love. I, I love love and everything else. Um, usually on Valentine's Day, you know, I was celebrating my children. Um, lately, they've, you know, been my Valentine's, one of my friends, of course, my mom, family, somebody, just to say that I love you. Um, but that's kind of my thing every day, you know. People, I guess, that know me and my family, they tell you, every time I depart, what I've always making my business to tell uh, people that I love them. Yeah, I love you. You know, people need to hear that sometimes. I can recall even like, you know, in my family when I was young, it was very rare um, that we heard that, you know, and I remember growing up and I used to do it. So it was weird, but yeah, I made that shift, made that like, that's our thing. That's what we did. Yeah, we love each other and we need to say it more. But even on Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day coming, I'm still going to look. Like, I don't hate the holiday because I don't have nobody. You know, I love to see love is the symbolization of love. I know a lot of people that's out here that is definitely awoke and everything else like that. They don't celebrate those type of holidays, those pagan holidays, whatever, you know, give you the whole story about St. Valentine and who he was and how tragic and whatever else like that and everything else. And I get that. But right now, in this day of time, I embrace what people celebrate it for. I don't go all and out and out and out. I know what the reality of it is. So if anybody listening or whatever, y'all ain't got to do that. Chess World, the Emperor's Lady Cake Mix, is both. I know enough. I am conscious. You know, I am righteous in my own right. Um, so you ain't got to do that. I know about the holidays. I know about the Brooklyn holidays. But, you know, stop hating. Let that hate <laughs> evolve into love and just love to see it. Come on, live for it. You know, it's Valentine's Day. Um, this is the month of love. This is Black History Month. 
Um, and I'm just loving it. I'm just loving it. Like I was saying, there's a whole bunch of hateful stuff that is going on in the world, but it is evolving into love. What else has been some hateful stuff that is evolving into love? Who out here looked at the Grammys? I have a confession. I did not. Not that I ain't want to, but I did not. I don't know what happened. I don't know what I was. I, I just don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I was asleep. I don't know. Anyway, I lost the time. No, I did not get to look at the Grammys, but I really have not even really been on a lot of those um, publicized award, show, award shows lately, like the BET, all of that. I haven't really um, indulged. I look at TV when I'm not a real big TV person. Yeah, I think that's what happened, y'all. I think they clipped my um my Wi-Fi anyway. <laughs> so I'm right here on the phone, right? But it's all good. I'm gonna be back uh one second and actually look, this this is real life. This is real life. Y'all better live for it, and I'm still here. Any type of whatever, like whatever, you know. And whether I got this laptop or my phone, it is still on. I'm still here encouraging people to you that sir live. But come on and talk to me, y'all. The phone line is open, 443-642-9403. Let me know what you are living for. Do you have any type of Valentine's Day plans? What is going on? Are you getting what I am saying about this hate that's involving love? Do you have a situation that it is? Um, let me know. Let me know. So like I was saying, I did not get to look at the Grammys, but I have had the pleasure of looking at a couple of snippets of different things, especially the speeches, especially the speeches. I really live for Lizzo's speech. She just does it for me every time. Lizzo, period, because, <laughs> yes, I said period. But Lizzo just does it to me every time because Lizzo is just herself. She is just herself. And really, like, when she came out and everything else like that and she expressed, you know, that was our passion to produce positive music about positive body image and just loving yourself and everything else like that. She was hated for it. She really was. She was really hated for it, no matter what that girl had on. Even if that girl did look good, they was going to say she looked a mess because of her weight. But I love and I live for it that she stuck and she was true to herself. Like she said, on her speech, she just was true to herself. She kept on going. And she blew. And she blew. Even Beyonce, as many people love her, is a lot of people that hate on B2. Now, she ain't my favorite artist, but I can't hate on her. I love to see it. Anybody that evolved and make it and is successful like that and is doing that thing, I love to see it. Like, how can you hate on it? But people do. But the fact about it is, is that all of that hating evolves into love because she's still doing her thing. And people love her regardless. Like, love her regardless. She definitely broke history. I don't have the direct numbers down there, but you already know. And that night, she won four. Question. Question. Even though, this is from me, not from a guest. Um. Even though she's not your favorite artist, she's one of your favorites, though. Is that a good question? I mean, a good question to answer? Yeah, 
that is a good question. Great question, Marnie. Look, I love when I. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about it. She's one of my. She's not my favorite artist, but she's one of my favorites. Yes, absolutely. She's not my favorite artist, but she's definitely one of my favorites. And every song that she has brought about has not been my favorite either. But I can I can say like consistently, every album that she has came out, every time when she brings. In my head, it something is always on there that's my favorite from it. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I might not be feeling every song, but it's gonna be one that I'm like, I I just can't. I can't hate on that. I can't. And I don't be understanding how people do it, but people do it. People do it. Just like they do Lizzo. You know, Lizzo definitely gave B her props when she did her little speech. Beyonce as well, and you know what I love because, like, she gave that honor and glory to God and said, "Thank you, God, for protecting me." Thank you, because people have definitely shown that lady say she, her and her husband, Illuminati, devils, and all that. Like JC, if you rich or whatever, you know you gotta be the devil and all that other stuff. He said that in the song. That's just some eh shit, and it is. It is. Whenever you're doing good, people are going to try to find something, like some hateful stuff. Going to try, Like I said, people lie on you. People will say anything, do anything. It's not nothing. It's people out here right now that are so lovely, lovely people. And they tell somebody, oh, I don't like them. I ain't feeling her. Well, I don't like her. You ask them why. I'm one of the people, why? And they can't even tell you. They can't even tell you. And when they give you all the time, oh, it's just something about, that's what, it's not something about them. It's something about you that you can't take. Let's put that part out there. It's something about you that you can't take. That's what, that's what it really is. So like I'm telling y'all, never mind the naysayers. Keep on doing your thing if positivity is your thing. I have been on here and I've joked before, letting everybody know that one of my passions is is just to help people um, another one of my passions in a hobby, one of my many talents and gifts that I was blessed with um, was creativity, was music, um, hip-hop, poetry. And I had a revelation of myself, like, I need to do that more. So y'all going to see more of that, more poetry, and even in hip-hop. I was kind of feeling like, hmm, I was too old and people didn't didn't want to hear what I was saying because I ain't talking about freak it, trip it, smoke it, do all of this and all of that. You know what I mean? Um, Not talking about the norm. I was like, people don't want to hear that. But yes, they do. And it's time. It's time for that to push back to the surface when it comes to that music and everything else like that. I was seeing a, um, a clip from NBA Youngboy. Uh, the other day, he acknowledged, and I was like, oh, oh, yes. And someone else was doing like a commentary on it, on his statement. And he was saying, like, I realized, like, all the people that I had performed, basically, not going to say, no, it's not quoting him, but this is just basically given what he was speaking on. Like, I realized all the people that had followed my music, all the hate, all the negativity I put into the world, and I ain't going to fix it overnight. But from now on, I'm gonna try to do. I'm looking all around because I hear my Lord Doug and he gonna be getting hit. Look, don't call me, y'all. You know when you say stuff like that. I mean, don't call on me <laughs> when you say stuff like that. When he know it is because I hear him chewing on something. 
And that's probably a little bit of reason why I had a big connection with my dig on leg top because he didn't dig on chew my core. But no, that ain't the case this time. I really think, like, no joke, Comcast, they click. Um, <laughs> on the Wi-Fi joint, uh, right in the middle of my show. how they do that? Like, no. But NBA Youngboy was basically saying that he now realizes the negative influence that his music has had on kids, on families, everybody listening to his music, whether he was talking about the things that he was doing or the drugs that he was using. And now he's saying he's going to be on a different wave. He's going to be on a different wave and he realizes what that influence is and what that influence can do. And I for real understand that. I've been saying that all, like, for a long time. Even when I was younger and I did the hip-hop thing or whatever, like, my guys or whoever that I rolled with, they always was trying to make me into something else or something that I was not about. Yes, I really hear this rambling over here and it's distracting. Um, really um, into something that I wasn't. You know, they always wanted me to kind of just be like so raunchy. And I was hard. I was tough, don't get me wrong. But even back then, my music kind of was like, I wanted to talk about positive stuff and encouraging people. And I had this song that was called, That's Bad. Like, yeah, you bad. Like, and it was saying you bad, but I was speaking about all the good stuff, like telling somebody like, basically, do you doing this, doing this, doing that? Like, you just bad. You know how we do the opposite of words, you know, really saying like, you good, you got it going on. But I used to really be like, use bad if it was giving this and giving that. Um, but then, you know, that was just always kind of my thing. But they wasn't feeling it. I remember I always knew that I was talented or I could do things. People were like, oh, no, you should come like this or say this or say that. And I'd be like, but that ain't me. Even if it was a look or whatever that I was given. But that's not me. You know what I mean? They used to always think, oh, you got this ring you have so much of an influence or people follow you, whatever, and you should talk this. And I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. It probably messed up an opportunity for me because actually I was signed to a production training that was called Willie Style Productions. I never forget it. I always tell people my story is like Lauren Hills because <laughs> the, the very same year that I went up there, um, it was a tragedy. I had just just, just, just lost. Um, one of my best friends, Rodney O.G. Johnson, he was the first murder of the millennium back in 2000. And I can just remember after that happened, that hate that evolved into love was that I found God. I lost a friend, but I found God. I really, not that I didn't know God before, but like when that happened, I really was like, oh, I want to see my friend. You know, I, I want to see my friend again. So I'm like, yeah. And I kind of started going that path. And then I really started really being serious about my music. And everything was falling in line. Like I said, they was trying to change me and everything. I was like, but I met these producers. I had one in New York. They like, oh, yeah, you that. They was down here. But the, the, the company was out in New York at that time. Now, this was about uh, 25. Yeah, y'all, this was 25 or so years ago, right? 
So don't be trying to Google no companies and all that and stuff like that. I wouldn't lie to y'all. This is sad. So um, what happened was, like, originally, I remember I went over Patterson Park by the lighthouse and did a photo shoot and everything. And I don't forget, I had a green and orange. I had my little rack on my head, like the Erica Badu thing and everything. I was that. I was ready to shine. And I had went up there and um, had the contract and came back. I remember the guy had to come and meet with my mom because I wasn't 18. Um, yeah, my mother was like, yeah, and everything else like that. And then I wound up being pregnant. And I just ain't, oh, I was just like, oh my goodness, this really be it and everything else like that. But just like I was telling y'all, that's like really when I started, I always knew that I had a special connection with God, right? But that's really when I was like, oh, go over here and go to show. I started seeking. I started seeking for myself, should I say. And, uh, I prayed on it and I was like, no, I'm a, yeah, I am a baby. But it really was like that ultimatum. It really was that ultimatum. And it really was, you're going to get with this or you're going to get with that. And that just wasn't the thing. It just was not popular, even though they were accepting me for my positive um, messages that I was like, because the guys was really amazed. Like when I was going in with songs, I remember going to the studio, they had put me on this one guy said, and the guy was like, you wrote this. And I was like, yeah, I wrote this. And he was like, wow. And like the next week, they yeah, they was trying to sign me. But it really was giving it. Like even though they was into the positive energy, it was just too much. Because one, they knew it was going to be a lot of work to be doing, a lot of things that I had to do. Uh, a lot of things that I probably could have got done, me knowing myself and with my uh, pregnancy and everything else like that. But they was like, no, you know, they didn't want it. And I couldn't blame them, you know, because I know that's a lot. And it was a lot of work to be getting done. And then you coming in and you're pregnant and you're going to have to be traveling. And then I had to have baby, you're going to have to have your baby with you. So it just didn't work out that way. So I chose to be a mother, um, which is awesome. My son, Donaji, my oldest son, would not treat him for anything in the world. Is definitely one of my best friends that's my dude and um yeah that's how that went down y'all i had a son he's now 22 years old he always tripped uh because even when he was younger i used to be taking him to the studio with me because i still was pursuing music i still was doing my thing so my son that was very interesting to him he was very very intrigued and he used to always tell his friends my mother can write my mom can write <laughs> But of course, uh, it was a good thing because I was speaking positive stuff. But that's definitely how that went down. But yeah, and I'm going to do that. You know, I was hating on myself, y'all. I was hating on myself. Like, people don't want to hear that. People don't, what am I talk about? You know, I'm going to just be talking. People don't want to hear that. Everything is cool. Everybody want to be talking about this and that. And then I don't want to um, show my body and people don't. I don't want to do that and then I'm not like no look at my India I read voice I'm not no supermodel and even back then when I had my kids every pregnancy I had I gained 100 pounds no lie before I had any kids I was 411 170 175 at the most that's it I never had nothing up top <laughs> No nothing, no fat on my arms, no breasts, no nothing. All I had was butt and hips. 
and legs. That was it. When I had my son, he was a blessing, but that with that weight, it definitely cursed me. By the time I had my son from 170, okay, I was 170, 411. By the time I went to go ahead, Don Aji, I was 5'1, <laughs> 274. So I didn't only grow up out. I did grow up a little bit. And that was new to me too, because I had not known um that your bones grow. The bones grow and they can stretch and stuff like that. Um, when you are pregnant. So every time, y'all, that I was pregnant, I gained a hundred or more pounds. Every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. And every time when I worked on kind of like losing the weight and kind of getting back where I was like comfortable, voila, I'm pregnant again. And I think I, I think it'd be the enemy. I think my children follow you because my children follow all three of my children, even though they spread apart, they all by the same person. So I got one, three kids, one baby father. Whatever they call them, baby father. Not father, father, father. Because it's definitely giving father. <laughs> um, spurred don't or whatever, y'all. Uh, but yes, like every time I gained all the weight. So it was that too. It wasn't only that. I didn't think people didn't want to hear what I was talking about and the message that I was bringing about. But then I also had some, you know, some insecurities. Like I tell y'all all the time, the struggles um, with my weight, with my body image, and just not really like an acceptance of myself. And when you are like that, sometimes it stops a lot. You know, it stops a lot. It's, it stops you from going for opportunities that you have earned. Um, it stops you from enjoying moments that you should, you know, a many a time. And people probably didn't even know it or whatever, what I was going through. But some couple of years ago, I met this wonderful, it's been quite a few, almost 10 now, and I met this wonderful lady, um, Markia Colbert, my girl Key, my sister will always be. And she gave me all the tips. She gave me all the tips, y'all, and I basically ate my fat away. Didn't have any surgeries, didn't do anything, and I basically ate my fat away. So I went from um, under her little program she had, and I shared that too. And that's so crazy that a lot of people that I shared that with and everything else like that, I hate God. Another person, like, they hate, they hate me. <laughs> they hate me. They hate you, hate me, but girl, you lost weight. Uh, but anyway, right, and I shared it with people, and I literally ate, ate my fat away. So I went from that to something back to 200, and that's just where I want to be now. I ain't got to be 170, but I need to be 200. I'm a little, I'm over that, y'all. Yes, yes. The girl chest weighs over 200 pounds, and it's really bothering me. But that hate that I have for that is going to evolve in love, and in the meantime, I'm going to keep on loving me because there's so much stuff that's going on, and there's so much stuff that could have me down. But I'm going to stay up. My hate evolves into good. So the point that I was making, though, y'all, is that every situation in my life and in yours, that was supposed to just be hate. And I said, just think about it. All your losses, all the people that they hated was you. It didn't did something for you. It has. It didn't even made you look. 
Okay, Chuck called. Oh, he said, call him after the scroll. That was the guest that I was supposed to have on. So um, I don't know what happened. I had reached out to him earlier. I said, hey, don't forget to send me your email and everything else like that. So he was supposed to be going on. But I did. I got to tell him I put that little joke on him earlier, and I did. Um, my boy Kobe is really in here acting out. Get off of it. Get off of it, I said. Look, I got to get him. I got to do that. I don't hit the dub. <laughs> I don't hit the dub, y'all. I just got to do that. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Thank you for listening. I, I joked you earlier. I said, I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> but you know how you do. You call the police in the black community. They'll never come. Here they go. Uh, but no, I'm not thinking it was just like a mix up. I had needed his information. I actually sent him the link. So I don't know what happened. I was running a little bit behind myself. So I just did my thing how I did my thing. Um, I did bring some things up um, that I wanted to talk to you about if you are still listening. So I'm going to hold on to it and hopefully we'll discuss it because I really want to get your point of view. Like this is your news, our views. I really want to get his point of view. And I think it's very interesting because guess what, y'all? Guess what? I mean, I got the police. That's going to come to me and that's going to talk to us, okay? Uh, <laughs> but I want to get back into... Um, like I said, doing more poetry, more hip hop, because y'all, le legacies is being made. Legacies is being made. So whatever you hated on yourself about, whatever you wanted to do, and for whatever reason, you let the hate just dumb you down or just stare you away from doing something in your legacy, in your reign. Get back to it, y'all, because that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. People hated on me so much. In regards to that, like I know that was one of my gifts, and I'm I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, like I was every day, because I'm a think I'm always thinking, and yes, I do overthink as well. But I was thinking to myself, like, no, oh, that's me, that's my that's me, that's my gift, and I always I always do my thing. So y'all will be saying more of that, more of the poetry side, more of the hip hop side, and I'm also going to start bringing it and doing it, you know, on the show. Um, I definitely am. I definitely am. I, I certainly am. And I know y'all going to enjoy it. I know y'all going to enjoy it. And if y'all going to hate, y'all going to hate. That's okay, because the hate is going to evolve more into the love. Yes, it is, right? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> Look, y'all, I'm sorry. I have a little bit, not sorry, because I took out my um, vocabulary, too. I apologize, but I'm a little sleepy. Um got this news type of gig with my peoples and they work at night and late night and baby i'm a nighter too i stay up at night or whatever but see the issue is i gotta get my kids up for school so it's like when i was hanging right so like four in the morning i'm like shoot i gotta get up at 5 30 get them ready to school and get them moving so i'm just gonna stay up and that's what I did. And all yesterday, I was sleepwalking. I was literally sleepwalking. I had went out with my mother, my stepfather, my kids, and this other thing. I was just, I was in the zone. I was there. I was driving. I was doing all that. Don't do that, by the way. Know to get your, know to get your rest. Because by the time I got in the house, I was like, okay. I had hit. Um, who I was going to hit, like, you know, I can cover what I was like that. And I'm glad that they was like, oh, I'm told too, because that's what I said. We was probably going to be sleep on each other 
down there. And just like I told them I was going to be in a coma, so yes, I was. But I kept on waking up, breaking my sleep. Um, but I was like, just rush, just just catch up, try to catch up and get this rest that you need to get, okay? Because I told y'all, it's always like that. And especially on a Thursday. You see, when I picked the show in my little spot, I was like, oh, Thursday? That's to be for the Friday? Oh, that's good for me. I can do that at 7 o'clock. But every Thursday, I lie to y'all, not. It be so hectic. But not always in a bad way, in a good way. And I think it just happened like that because this is supposed to be my energetic day. This is supposed to be the day that I just, ugh. You know what I'm saying? And and just be ready. Be ready for y'all. You know, you see my shirt? My shirt says, half hood. Let me show you. Half hood, half holy. That means pray with me, don't play with me. <laughs> and I got one of the things for the, um, <laughs> for the heart to try with the Lord. Look a little sweet, right, with the shirt. Because I knew everybody was going to be reading it all day. I was a couple of faces, made my way all the way out to Bel Air, Merlin to a friend, and everything else to make a couple. I'm like, look, I am hustling, doing hustling and bustling. Anything I could do to get a couple of dollars, and guess what? They asked me to do something. I was like, yeah, I'm on it. Anything legal, because the police watching if you still on here, Chuck. I don't know. He probably a snitch. <laughs> I can't wait to get him on the show so I can bring really laugh for him. He is really, really a good friend. He's really been there um, and supporting me when my son was younger, you know, going over to the rock, like, really, like, for real. And I really wanted him on here because I wanted to ask questions about, like, how did you keep up your integrity, like, and all of that? And especially in light of, you know, this Tyree Nichols thing and in light of different things that we see and me talking about these task force and everything else like that. But I'm really going to save that conversation because I want his point of view and I want to be able to learn from it. Um, but I always uh, credit, I can say that, I always give pop props to him. Y'all probably heard me give him a shout out before on the show, whatever. Yes, Officer Charles Lee, um, Chuck over here. I think he was Western District, Northwest or whatever. Um, but I always give him photos where I'm telling you, I lie to him not, not lie to you not. I had a bad, 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 bad view. Bad view, bad opinion of the police. Yes, I did. But that was from the traumas of me being a constant, them robbing out. I mean, not robbing, raiding out house and essentially robbing, you know, seeing them talk to my people any kind of way do all types of stuff. I didn't like them. You know, when we was younger, we knew the police come run. If the police catch you, they're going to beat you up. <laughs> they're going to rob you. They're going to lie on you. They're going, you know, aside from being in elementary school, and it was like a shocker to me because, of course, when I was in elementary school, you know, we had the officer friendly. Um, they had them type of programs and stuff like that. Used to try to put them in a positive light. Um, but reality was, like, you know, when I got a teenage, I didn't understand. And I remember um, living in Baltimore County, when we moved in the city out Essex and we going to school. And I remember my first like situation with a police, like being racist, you know? And I was like, wow, called me and it was something I couldn't believe it. So I really had a bad, bad, bad taste in my mouth for police. Really did. But he was one of the ones and just knowing him and meeting him, he really changed my mind. I know he probably feel like when I first met him, I was giving him the side eye, even though he was in the wreck. Like, yeah, okay, hey, all right, yeah, all police, they phony. 
Um, but it definitely was showing food. Oh, I got a phone call. Somebody's calling up in here to talk to me. You know I love to talk to you. Come on through. What is? Uh-oh, uh-oh, good shot. I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Officer Lee. You see me on here talking about you. Oh, no, 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 you good. You good. I know you mean, well, um, I did hate to joke you, though, and say you know how the, the police don't come when you call them, but you're not no police um, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> is a joke in L-Town. Yes, certainly. Um, but yes, Chuck, I definitely got to get you on here so the people can see you. I um, can see you. I do appreciate you calling and everything else like that. Um, I wanted to talk to you about it, but why I got you on the line? Why I got you on the line? I'm going to ask you to try to... And it, it, so this is going to make it intriguing to the listeners and my viewers so when you do come back, we can get into a deeper, deeper conversation now. For you, in order for you to retire, you was a police for how long? Over 28 years. How did you, how did you, because see, I always say, I always share the opinion though, Chuck, I'm going to be for real. I say being in that environment and atmosphere, whatever I say that, you know what it was like given in Baltimore City, right? For but how did you stay away from that? Because I ain't never known you to move wrong, Officer Lee, for real. Like, everybody love you. How did you stay? Right. Yes, and I was sharing with them because you are such such a great person. I, I was sharing with them that even though you did just you know retire, and I had ran into you, was telling you about the show, um, just last week. Um, Chuck was like, oh, I'm going to do it next week. Just like that. 
like not a problem at all. Um, but really what I was also like talking about though, Chuck was like being in that environment, not also, you know, I understand your upbringing, you know, and how you sprung up. That definitely does play a part. But I'm saying like in your role as a police, right? Because I've never seen you go like that slogan they got, like protect, serve with integrity. Like that was you. And I know I shared that with you before. Like, you know, I had a real bad taste in my mouth about police. And even when I first met you, you know, I was giving you the side eye. Um, you were so um, <laughs> you were so humble and so like respectful, but I knew that you kid and you, but it was it was weird to me because I just wasn't used to police being like that. And I a lot of times I share my opinion and bring about the point, like, you know, I think a lot of times when they are in that environment or under that umbrella, and a lot of them mean well, but unfortunately, the bad stuff rub off on them. Just like how you were saying, like in the street you know, with people you hung with some other guys. I think the same thing happened with police officers. So that's what I was asking, like, how did, how you keep your instructor? You need to do some training for the Baltimore Police Department. Um, it's a police community, uh, community policing, like real culture. You know that.
Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I say, yeah, I definitely know where you're coming from. Like I, I said, as far as that, 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 yeah, as far as your policing in the community, whatever, definitely was top notch. Like I, like I know, like, like nobody told me I've seen it too. Right, you had some of the hardest of the hardest knuckleheads come through there, and people that were still involved in the streets. But guess what? They come in that rack, and they, and they be just as calm. They come to the rack to play basketball. They don't run a volunteering, going all types of um, fishing and everything.
That's what I was saying. Yeah. And that's kind of been a and that's kind of been a culture shift for like all of those, not just only the special units, but you know, generally them that like when they develop those special units and police departments that's supposed to focus against our um high high crime area, you know, of course it's always in L areas, you know, with the black and everything else like that and they have been allowed for decades on decades on decades you know to do certain stuff and you know even if you met like you know being a police officer um you you've seen some things right you say you can stand there and let it go on or whatever i'll say that and thank god that it did not run off rub off on you because i say it all the time a lot of them, they they get in there, they probably be having a heart, but for whatever they they join this gang and they join it for the wrong reasons. And the other day when me and you were standing there talking, I said, Yeah, um, Chuck, I gotta get used to calling you Chuck. I'm always saying, Officer Lee, I'm gonna keep calling you Officer Lee off forever, right? I said, <laughs> um, but what we was talking about, and I said that, I said the disconnect be is that once you look at yourself as different. Like, we know that this is your profession. Like how you said, I've been, when you was in your role around here the police, like, yeah, you was a police, but you was human. You was one of us. Like how you said, this, this was your city. This You was doing it because you cared. You wanted to see better. I think it, it becomes a disconnect when you get in those type of um, authority roles and you begin to look down on people. And, and you begin to feel like, like, not that you want people to do better, but you be feeling like you are better. You know, so how can you really want to help somebody that you think you better than? That you think you better than, you're supposed to want better for people. And I think you really stuck to that. When you, a lot of these police, I always say that when they greet you, or any type of thing, I always say you was pleasant. You was always pleasant. Even when I was giving you the side eye, even when you was around there, like how we gonna say, you know, everything wasn't always good. You had people coming around there, cussing you, fussing you, all of that. Cause that's the type of stuff we had. But you know, the guys and stuff on the street, they was respectful, but you know, like the parents, everything else like that. I might've came around there a couple of times with an attitude. I don't know, I was young, that was a many a years ago. Um, but I don't, I don't think so though. I'm gonna never mean to you. <laughs> Yes, obviously he was always um my buddy, but right, you always held your integrity. What they say doing the right thing even when no one is looking. Doing the right thing always did, and, and I always knew that about you and could see that about you. Like, oh, he cared. Like I was saying, he took my son. Um, with tons of other kids on the trip, on the on the um, fishing trips, all of that, the basketball just to have. I know a many a nights you stayed around there later than you were supposed to, because we was running late. I know a lot of times I ran late, 
getting off of work to pick my son up. But guess what? Chuck never made it like no big deal. It was like he always was understanding. Like, he knew that I was a person. He ain't never looked down on me. That's what I'm saying. I never seen you look down on nobody. Never. And I was just now telling him before you joined me on the phone, like, I ran into you the other day because you still around that way mentally. You still doing what you did. You ain't get rich from being no police, man. You did not get rich from being no police. And even when you were getting paid from that payroll, it's a many a days you did overtime and then get paid for. It's a many a time. Now I just now seen a report. Some police down they getting paid for overtime on that regular time, Chuck. <laughs> so it is a whole bunch of um corruption in there and everything that we know. Um, but that's awesome. You know, that's what some hateful situations. That was my topic for the night, how hate involves this love. So even though you've been through a lot of that stuff and was able to um see, unfortunately, a lot of hateful stuff. Um, it really evolved love inside of you. And that's always what I always seen you giving out. Always, always, always. I remember I was so upset when they were trying to take um, the pail. At that time, it was the pail. Um, and we came on there. That, was, that was a whole bull crap. That just was for show. You know that, right, Chuck? They, just, they already had their mind made up what they was going to do. It was already done. They called us around there. It was already done. We was coming around there basically um, vouching um, for Officer Lee and the pair. And that. For the police to say it, right? For the Baltimore City, um, what is it, public? What is it, recreation? Public recreation or whatever. They wanted to take it over and everything else like that. And all those additional programs, all that little extra stuff, that kind of just like went away. Right. I felt like if it was working, why why try to because they was making it like they was fixing it. And this is working right here. You got people responding, you got kids around here responding. They can come around here. My son loved to come to the right. Them other kids, you know, like I say, a lot of times parents was late picking them up. But you also know it was children and older children and young adults that was around there that didn't even want to leave.
Yes, they do. It was. And you kind of hold it down by yourself. I know you had, you know, assistance in there and stuff like that, but I'm saying for as like one police that was running that whole rack around there on the avenue. He finally got the um sign up for the football. Finally got the sign up for some football, and he went um back all the way over east because you know we're from East Baltimore. We just he wrote Naji. He say West Baltimore because he was born and raised there. I still scream East Baltimore all day long. Um, but he had started playing football with the East Side Raiders. A lot and everything else like that. Yes, but I just now told him the other day when I seen him. I said, "Now you know, Benaji. I think they be around there playing um basketball and stuff like that." And then you know he's playing football with the yeah, because he playing across you too. You was playing some um football, wasn't you? Like flag. Yeah. I remember that. Sometimes, you know, that's the disconnect. You got to want to 
you got to want better for people versus you thinking that you are better than somebody and start from there. Like I said, I think that's a lot of times what has happened with the police, even in this area, you know, Chuck, um, the police pull you over, whatever situation, they approach you, they cursing, they fussing, they doing all of this. You know, they don't talk to you respectfully or treat you like um, a woman or a man you are. I always said that that was an issue. Um, I've been bringing you up so much. I'm definitely serious. You need to create some type of template and go back and holler at um, <laughs> the commissioner here and probably sell it around the world. Just some basic guidelines on really how to relate and how to police, you know, properly in the community and really be there for people and want better for people. You really need to think about that. I'll give you a business idea. <laughs> you really need to think about that. What'd you say? You're not sure? Yeah, you definitely need to think about like why you go and do the training. I know you did a lot of stuff um where you were partnering with um community boards, what is that called? Residential advisory boards and stuff, doing the walks, whatever, like you. It just be you, it just be one. <laughs> one always make Absolutely. This is where we got, this is the place to do it. We definitely got to bring you back. You know, we hear, we hear in your nice voice, but I want to let people see how nice you look too. Like this nice man. <laughs> Get out of here. You know, you had, you know, you handsome, Chuck. You know, you handsome. That's how the adults were trying to leave from around that rack. <laughs> When y'all see when y'all see Chuck, the I ain't gonna say the former, but the former Baltimore City police because he is now um, retired, should have been retired with honors, in my opinion. But yes, he definitely needs to come up with some type of guidelines, template, or whatever. We definitely gonna bring him back where you can see him, um, see his face, <laughs> and we gotta do that about the rights and everything else like that. And even if you're not available this month. The next month, yes, we definitely got to do it because that is definitely one of the things I try to do right here on this. You know, we learn, we grow together, anything positive, anything worth talking about, anything that can help somebody live better. That's why that's the model. You better live. Um, so everything in here is all about that. I want to give any information that people can live for, any type of insight. Uh, that's why, you know, I always... Any positive highlights, especially of our city, I always want to emphasize because we don't get that enough either. Um, that's not highlighted enough. Um, that's why I was really, really excited when you um, accepted the invitation because, you know, it was in the midst of what had went on. Like you were saying that tragedy in Memphis with Tyrese Nickel. Um, just in the midst of us knowing how um, all this tragedy keeps happening in Baltimore, how we still, even though you know, everything happened, how it went with Freddie Gray, whatever, so that how we still had these issues and how, you know, 
I was going to ask you that part, like why, but you kind of touched a little bit on that as well. Um, but I wanted to get the other side of it because it's like I say, you helped me have a different view of what the police was. And I wanted to do that for somebody because I know in the midst of that and in the midst of them missing Memphis police and what they did to set us back and all the other stuff, I knew that I was going to try to bring some light and say, you know, they're not all bad. They're not all bad. A, a, a huge majority of them are. And that's them rotten um, apples that's in there because I'm telling you. But they say one rotten apple can spoil the whole bunch. And I'm so glad you know that you did and boy um, you know in some situations like you said you didn't want to be a disgrace and you just had ethnics that was your ethnics and your morals and everything else like that that you upheld um, but a lot of them don't like how you were saying the Tyrese Nichols thing that's the same thing I said like how can you stand there and not say anything you know, nobody Nobody snapped to their senses and said, wait a minute, this is a traffic stop. This ain't even posed up. What's wrong? Like, why does it always get to that? <laughs> Go ahead. But a point that I was making, I think, on one of my other shows before, too, is that it always seems to get to that justification part more so when it comes to us, though, Black people. Like how you say, not just Black people, but all people. Um, but just like in situations, we'll see, you know, people may call the police um, for a family member who's dealing with a, a mental break or a mental crisis, you know, and in a black community and police respond, they respond distantly. Like it's, it's like no empathy and no sympathy in regard to this person because they black. But for whatever reason, if it's a white person or someone else, I'm going to just say not black, it's like they can empathize with it. I just now heard of a situation um, where a guy um, assaulted another FedEx worker, um, a white guy assaulted a black guy, was calling racial slurs, was doing all this other stuff, um, went to the doorstep, stole the packages and everything else like that, right, child? Um, the police, the police respond, they, it was their discretion to not treat this as a criminal occurrence, but wherever so, when they showed up, oh, he high, the guy had been smoking meth, oh, he high, this is a mental health crisis situation. So he wasn't, they made the decision not to arrest him or not to pursue in that regard. So it's like they look past the thought, they look past all of that. So we don't only see that 
when a suspect isn't black, but also when a victim is black, is a different response. What these police? You know what I mean? So it has to be right. And I mean, I understand that he was getting high, or whatever. But I also know that okay, he knew when he took that drug, you still had to be responsible for your actions. So when you took this drug and it caused you that, and you and you committed a crime, what's any different than my brother or my sister who are around here? They get a drink from the bar and then they do something. You know, the police don't show up and say, "Oh, because he was drunk, he ain't mean to do that." You know what I mean? They gonna lock you back so that was the situation that I see right there too. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So a lot of times when the suspect is lit or even a victim, it's a different response from the police. And that's sad. And, and, and right now it's like, it's so much stuff has had to happen to where they no longer are able to justify it. That's why you also see it too. Like when you see the videos of people doing something, you hear the certain quotes and stuff that the police call out. Stop resisting. I talked about that. Stop resisting. Don't move. They they kind of shout and stuff. So when it comes to it, they'll be able to justify it. You know what I mean? I also made the connection that even though you know it was really crazy, it didn't matter that they were five black officers. That made it worse that these black men beating this black man. But at the same time, I even made that connection to say. If these was five black officers who beat him, they wouldn't have been like, I don't care what they had on camera. They would have not been let go that fast. They fired them. It was an investigation. I'm, I'm dead serious. You know, even though it was disgraceful, that was another thing too when the um the guy, well, when Tyree Nickel Mother was um talking, Miss Rovon, I think it's Ro Roman Wells, or I had it, but I, I apologize. Um, but even when she was talking, you know, she was just speaking on how she felt for their families and how, like you said, the disgrace and everything else that they had to bring to their families or what they did and everything. Um, but I was thinking that too. I said, how many times have we seen a black man get killed by white police officers and there has to be this long, fast out investigation and it's been on tape? And it was recorded but they guys, but they still found a way to justify it in some way. Wow. That's what I'm saying. How you justify that? Exactly. But, it, but what I'm saying is that they find a way to try to justify it. And a lot of the times, it's about that image that they put out here about You know what I mean? That we violate everything because, you know, they justified a lot of those situations like that, too. Because all they had to say is that they feared for their life.
Right. And it's been so many situations like that when you see police is supposed to arrive to the scene to de-escalate the situation. Right. And they escalate the situation. I always had one the approach, how they be cursing. I never understood. Um, I remember one time being pulled over and the police wanted to, you know, get out the car, whatever, you know, and they, they hate for you to ask questions. That's another thing. If you at work and you're doing something, you're going to be questioning. Everybody know that. Customer service, somebody going to ask you a question. Why? If I'm not being unpolite. But anything that I think sometimes as a Black person, when you ask the police questions, they see it as some type of form of disrespect. Or like you already trying to be compatible. It's like that old slave mentality. Like you ain't, black people ain't supposed to ask no questions. Not at all. And then you see them other races, you know, with different encounters with the police, and they be going off on the police. And you like, how do you do that? They not get arrested. And here it is, you got black men and women every day being pulled over for frivolous stuff. In regards to this one Tyree Nichols, they can't even say why they pulled them over. Right. It's no way it is. And that's the earlier, there was a lot of the points that I was making that from all of these traits that we've been seeing, um, that's definitely like hateful, like former hate, whatever. Um, love has evolved from it, though. You know, it's a tragedy to see this type of stuff, but it is making change. Um, and just like, you know, we talking about the Sire Nichols, because that's like one of the recent tragedies. Um, but we've seen it happen so many times and change has come about. We're not exactly where we need to be, but change is coming and it keep on coming. We've been hearing this from all the way back from our ancestors, you know? Um, so it's like different, it's different sacrifices and different um, things that people have to make. I don't know how much more. Um, we can take, but I do, and my faith is strong, though, Chuck, and I do believe God puts nothing on us that we cannot bear, um, no more than we bear. And he knew that we were a strong people. Um, he knew, and he's allowing us to live through this stuff, you know, live through this stuff and kind of make a change. You know, I told you legacies, um, are definitely being made and, you know, why it's hateful, I'm still grateful because, like I said, I'm I'm now at this point where a lot of it, you're starting to see the love that's evolving from it. You know, these different laws that are coming up in place, not just the laws to um, be against civilians, you know, but it's different laws and it's more stuff that's coming to light about a lot of the stuff that's out here. Um, so, you know, people don't like cameras, they don't sit there, but look at that. Once they start catching stuff on cameras then they did it on both parts now the police got away to buy the cameras you know and if you ain't doing nothing wrong we've been on cameras, cameras and stuff like that for years and stores and stuff when they ain't want us to be stealing um so i don't know if you ain't doing nothing wrong why would you what what would you have against having this body camera 
important. Why you have interactions with people. I would think it was for my safety. I mean, the way things was going, if I was a police, I'd be with it. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't do that, but it was because the the culture was so wicked and people were so used to doing stuff because they were the police and getting away with stuff. And supposed to be the ones that's protecting them, holding the law, a lot of them were breaking law. So like how you said, far as with these police officers, that been going on. They've been doing that on the Scorpion Special Unit. So a lot of these police departments, like they do have a lot of good cops in there like you. They do. But a lot of them is still doing some stuff where they think that they are above the law. And they break the law. And they was nervous about these body cameras because they know that it would expose them. When the body cameras first came out, it did. It got the leading on them when they were seeing how police was putting drugs on people, putting the stuff, all of the, you know, people was getting locked up for stuff. We knew that too. How many times, how many people was locked up, ain't do nothing. The police just said whatever. <laughs> Lock you up. Well, you might have been doing something wrong. It, it was a misdemeanor, but by the time they didn't bring up the papers, now you, <laughs> now you got 15, 20, because they got to get at least one or two to stick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, I wouldn't. I, I, that's what I. That's how I would feel if I, if I was a police officer. I never had that, that passion to do that, <laughs> to be the police. But that was because of my, of my upbringing, not my upbringing, but things that I was exposed to when I was coming up. Like I said, when we was in school, we had the officer-friendly program, but police wasn't friendly in my neighborhood. Oh, Baltimore, you know, they wasn't. So, of course, I learned one thing in school. Like, I learned so many things and then finally ain't sure. So, we had the officer-friendly program, but when we came outside, the police wasn't friendly. They didn't do nothing. And when I became a teenager, anytime the police seen us, or anything else like that, it's like, yeah, it's like they was hunting dogs. You know, the jump out boys, every time they seen us, we can do whatever we was doing. We can be playing out the dots. They were jumping out, checking us, doing whatever. So even when I was out there and I wasn't breaking any law, because it came to a time too, all of us had, I ran with some of the worst of them too, um, Chuck, and I, I did some bad stuff too. So when I was younger, even when I wasn't breaking laws, like already knew the police was gonna mess with you anyway. Already knew that. We were scared of the police. Call the police. So that's why I think a lot of that stuff came into play of, you know, that stuff snitching and everything else like that. And a lot of things that they trying to fix in the community now, far as like people, you know, see something, say something. That's not snitching. Snitching is when you doing something with somebody and you tell them to get yourself out of trouble. But if I'm somewhere and you hurt my people and you shoot my people and I know who you was and I seen you, I ain't gonna say nothing. I, I don't get that. 
But a lot of that came from that. And a lot of that still goes on now because one point you you pointed out is people trusted you. But the reality is a lot of people don't trust the police. Even in my adult life, even in my adult life, I had all that trauma from being a kid. But even in my adult life, I'm reluctant to call. So yeah, good, good police officers like you over each, you know, a couple of them, even in my profession, when I was doing my advocacy work, you know, uh, a lot of them was not, what did you call, yeah, a lot of them was my my comrades who I was around or whatever, good police. But even as an adult, I've been reluctant if it's a situation happened as a black woman. Yeah. Yeah. And let it on. That's what I was trying to say. They don't even speak to you. They don't even speak to each other. You walk back to police, they don't speak, they don't say anything. Um, I can remember one situation before. Uh, at the corner store, whatever, and I think I was coming out of school, and there were some young boys out there. Um, I do the same thing as far as working with, you know, working with you for having the advocacy. Anytime I see a group of kids, or you know, I speak to them. I don't just walk through them, um, regardless of what they're doing. Hey, what's going on? Um, or whatever. But I remember walking up to this store, and I remember the young boys, they was out there, and they were smoking weed. And they just rolled the blood or whatever, I said that, and the, and the one kid said, boy, 
They go, Officer Lee, put that down. The voice said, I don't care. I'm going to run the police. No, man, he cool. Put it down, though, because he still won't do his. He got to do his job, right? <laughs> and I think you had came with that quarter. Yeah, you was just as calm like that. But I was like, oh, they really respect this man. They really respect him because even though they knew he was right there and he was, you know, racist, I think they already had it lit or whatever. But it was like respect. The boy was like, no, put it out. It's Officer Lee coming. Like, don't do that. You know, like, don't disrespect him. Like, we out here with we don't know. <laughs> but put it out. Is he coming? You know what I mean? And they definitely respect you. They definitely respect you. They definitely do. Um, and that's rare. That's why I say you better do that simply because that's rare um, for black police in a black community to get so much um, respect. Why you get that respect is because that's what you always have given. Why you give so much, get so much love is because that's what you have always get, given. And I feel like other people in law enforcement can definitely learn from that. Y'all are not getting it because that's not what y'all are giving. That's not what y'all are giving. Right, you can't show up to a situation and be cursing somebody and doing all that and then expect them to respect you. That's not gonna happen. Yes, I seen my producer Marnie say, I'm so excited, LOL. Yes, I was excited. I wasn't even letting you get in. He had to let me know that teacher. I was like, who do what? Let him respond to you. You ain't even let him get in. You ain't even let him get in. I could talk about that all day. We definitely brought our point across how that hate evolves into love. Um, and look, Chuck was here, the, the former Baltimore City police officer for a stint of over 28 years was telling you how things he hated of seeing young men um, die every day to see all of these tragedies in the community. Um, he hated it so that it involved 
into love for his community and he wanted to make a change versus locking them up. He wanted to what? Encourage people to live. Y'all better live for it. Y'all better live for it. Back on the show because that was an awesome, awesome discussion. Thank you so much, Chuck, for calling up and talking, giving me more to talk about. Um, so once I get off of here, I ain't gonna mess with you tonight, but I am gonna give you a call. <laughs> okay, I know we were talking on text, so I think it was just a little. Uh-uh. But we're going to bring him back on here. He was awesome. Yeah, looking forward to it. So you can't say it, but just do it for me like that. Just say you better live before you go. You better live. You better live. Y'all better live for Chuck. For offering took his time out and came through here on this show, y'all. Letting you know how hate evolves into love. And that was exactly his situation. And that's how I'm saying how you should let any hate, any hateful situations, any hateful moments in your life, just recognize it and just realize it that it is going to evolve into love. I know you hate it right now. I know you do. It's hateful and I hate it for you. But baby, you better live. Do you hear me? You better live. You better live. Talk to you later, Jack. Talk to you. Anytime you better live, family. You was family before this thing even started. But yes, absolutely. Love you, man. Thank you so much. All right. All right, y'all. Y'all know I had to get my little spill. It's almost that time, and I'm up here. Well, actually, it is that time. Um, and I'm up out of here, you guys. I'll be back next Thursday, same time, 729, bringing it to you, your news, our views, how that hate evolved into love. I hope you learned something today. Keep growing, keep knowing. You know, God loves you. God bless you. It's the girl, Chess. Y'all know me, Chess Rue, the Emperor's Lady Cake Mix. I'll see y'all next week. You better live. Thank you.